Hi there, this is Cormac from Horrenda, and you are listening to Broody Delicious Podcast. Hey guys, this is Dara O'Connor from Horrenda. You are listening to the Broodly Delicious Podcast. Hey, Bruce, how you getting on, sir? Yeah, good. How are you? Good, 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 good. Everything well over there in, in Ireland? Yeah, it's it's grey and cold, so that's the best you can kind of hope for, you know, yourself. You get a lot think, of, uh, yeah, you get a lot of snow over there or not really? No, not really. I mean, um, if it snows here, the country shuts down. Yeah. So, so yeah, we kind of get, and I mean, like, any snow, like, two, two little bits drop on the ground and the whole country shuts down. We kind of get, like... Uh, Irish weather is like grey and that's it and that's perfect you know so that's a good yeah. day if it's grey yeah but it rains a lot like so <laughs> right so sort of, of like sort of like uh, England as well right England's actually better um, oh it is yeah 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 um, so if you go to London actually it's really nice it's more like um, like San Francisco but a little bit colder actually believe it or not oh okay yeah Fair so enough. if you've been so if you've been there it, it's if you've been there you're not really too far away New Jersey's a lot nicer, you know, but uh, then then time, but for some reason we got that weather. I think CJ's joining us. I'm not sure. I'll shoot him a message. Okay. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Oh, there he is, right there. Oh, great. Letting him in now. Hello, hello. CJ. Hi there, Bruce. Hey, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Yourself? Doing okay, thank you. Just getting the weather update in Ireland. Uh, it, it's night time, so you can't see anything outside. So <laughs> I'm gonna guess cold. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh let's talk horrenda. I had no idea you guys existed till it came across from Holly, and I was blown away. So I reached out. Oh, thanks so much, man. That means a lot. Yeah, I love this stuff. So let's just uh for those not familiar. As I wasn't. Can you give us the like two sentence elevator pitch? Um, yeah, like okay, two sentences. Let's see. Um, traditional black and uh, what's it? Extreme black metal with an experimental edge. There we go. Fair enough. But can I add something to it? And may, hopefully, it's, hopefully it doesn't offend you guys. There's a bit of hardcore going on in here, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that really comes out in our live shows, like. Uh, our singer is a big hardcore guy, mm-hmm. so he likes to bring that to the floor. So, no, no, it doesn't offend us at all. I mean, there's a lot of death metal in there as well. And uh, even... literally, he brings it to the floor. Guy, he yeah. doesn't like standing on the stage. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he just. Oh, so he's one of those real punk guys out on the floor. Oh yeah, of course. Like he's just—he's not one for standing on the stage, and he's usually one for doing something weird when he's performing. Like, yeah, he'll fight you. Bars. He'll fight you. More or less. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been like surprised, like, holy shit, I can't believe he just did that? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, more yeah, than yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he nearly uh, killed himself in Belfast. <laughs> uh, he, we, yeah, what he was doing was this is back when he was still using uh, mics with the cord on it. Now he's using wireless. Uh, this he is why. Was, yeah, this is why. He was wrapping around himself, but at one point he accidentally got too tight around his neck and he started choking. Mm. And then he swung, 
and then when he got free from that, he swung it and hit himself in the head and nearly busted his head open. Oh, I remember David Lee Roth did that like on the Jimmy Kimmel show once. <laughs> Swinging yeah. that stupid thing and he cut his forehead. Yeah, no, like the, like when we got off the when we got off stage, Aaron was taking the paint off and he had like a lovely, lovely indent of the mic. So <laughs> in his head. And we're like, right, uh, between you nearly hanging yourself and uh nearly cutting yourself open, we're like, right, uh wireless mic. So and, and now he climbs more stuff. So I mean, whenever we're playing, it's it's wild. I'm always saying to people, just don't get in his way. That's a better idea. <laughs> Stay in the back of the venue. Oh no, go up to the front. Just just don't try and just don't step to Aaron unless you want to be in the pit. Yeah, there's a kind of question, is he going to climb on uh, whatever bar is nearby? Is he going to climb on whatever pole is in the middle of the crowd? Is he going to climb on the crowd itself? Or that, or in Siege of Limerick, where there was a little, for whatever reason, there's a kind of weird fire stand next to the stage. He, he was climbing that. So I guess you can't ever accuse him of him not being into it, right? He's totally no. a thousand percent in. We are not sure. that bad. Sure. <laughs> Nice. So Handprints is the one I've been listening to. What's been the response to the single so far? Uh, really good. Uh, like really, really good. It, it's great that people are kind of getting to to hear Horanda or see Horanda um, probably for the first time, uh, particularly particularly when you're in Ireland, the scene isn't massive um, and we are in Ireland. So it, it's it's been crazy to see how, how far this has gone. And like it was a bit of an... Um, totally different to what we've done in the in the past where we've kind of went back to back to basics and uh yeah the reaction's been been great just going going back to our more kind of like aggressive roots nice and so when you guys are writing i don't know who does the lyric writing is it you guys or more your singer uh lately it's mainly Aaron. yeah is there something and maybe you can't answer this then but is there something that you want your fans to take away from after listening to a horrendous record or even more specifically handprints right so i can answer this real quick um so i used to do a lot of the writing and uh then Aaron took over from it and so uh, every kind of phase in horrenda is doing something different like we always try to be like right we're doing it this phase we're doing this phase this phase the current phase of horrenda really is kind of bringing the live show two people you know that's what we're trying to get when we're recording it's like no this is like what you can expect from a horrendous show and all of our samples and stuff all kind of line up to that so currently with handprints to speak specifically it's more kind of like the insanity of the way things are at the moment like it's a very uh we've been kind of introspective but the way things are so insane you just turn on the tv and you see it we're like we're trying to like go right why are, why are things so messed up why are people so crazy and that's kind of where a lot of where Aaron. Uh, takes his inspiration from, and we we use allegories of horror movies and stuff like that as well. But that's kind of the the push. You're not going to run out of material either, because for whatever reason, people are crazier by the day, right? <laughs> that's it. So yeah, man, it's wild. It's it's absolutely nuts. So in my real life, I am a a police dispatcher, right? Here in the city, and I hear all the shit as well. I mean, I'm just like, you did what? I can't even believe, like, every time you think you've reached a limit of what people will do, there's something else somebody did. And I'm like, what the hell? Absolutely. And that's kind of what we're we're trying to tap into now. You know, it's like, you know, we've done the political thing. We've done the the, the Irish Celtic thing. We've done the history thing. And now we're like, whoa, things are actually mad right now. Why? And that's kind of what we're, we're digging into. Do you find it also sort of cathartic writing that aggressive music? 
Yeah, I mean, one thing that that they say, and CJ, you can probably speak to this. Like when we're playing, our set is so aggressive that even we are kind of like, damn, that was that was a bit mad. You know, you need a lot to kind of come down mm-hmm. um, after it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like what? Yeah, we do find like we pull on to live shows. We just need to, you know, be as aggressive as possible. That's just what the music makes us want to do, and what we feel is the most entertaining show we can give to people. And like even our most recent show in Cardiff, that was pure insanity. Like we had lads coming up afterwards covered in blood. Yeah. Because it was so the crowd was so intense. Even I was like, listen, my thing is I do tend to run around the audience while I'm playing a lot. I came out a little bit bloody as well. So it's like, okay, people are really digging this, really wanna the number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. So a horrendous show is a full interactive show then. Oh yeah, like Aaron is in the is in the crowd most of the time. I'm running around the crowd at least twice during the show. It's a proper live experience. That's pretty fantastic. Are you guys all writing together, like the traditional sense, or you guys? Taking advantage of like technology and email. Well, it's kind of a mix. Like usually, what happen is me, Mark, or Dara will like uh, no, kind of write the core of a song at home and kind of present it to the band as a whole. And then once we're together, we'll kind of jam it out. It's like, okay, this works. That doesn't work. Let's add that on. Uh, That sort of stuff. Like like the core of it, usually is best to like. I think my opinion. I think it's best that the core of the song is written by one person, and then the whole band kind of refines it together. Okay. Absolutely. So since you're kind of uh, leaning towards being more of a live band than a recorded band, do you guys write your songs like with the stage in mind? Like this is a good spot for a breakdown, a good spot for yeah, climbing we, or anything? Yeah, we went to that actually. Um, the, the real way you're supposed to do it, but COVID kind of changed, changed things. The real way we did it, uh, particularly with the first album, is we had a bunch of songs, we played them, and then we refined them on the road as such. So the first album, you know, you'd hear a lot of the stuff that came before. You'd hear like, you know, the demos or the, the other albums or whatever. And then you'd hear the Altus and you're like, okay, I can see where they were coming from. And that's because like, that's been years of us playing those songs and getting them the way you want them. Now, I think a lot of people find this when they're doing a second album or, you know, after they've, they've done all that material, they've been working on for years. It's like, right, how do we do that? We haven't got five or six years to write new material to follow up. Um, and now it's like, yeah, like we'll, we'll have an idea or something that will work. And then we're like, right, well, where in the set will, will this work? And how, like, for example, um, you know, when we're playing our set, we're very, very conscious of, you know, the little sine wave, for want of a better word, where you bring people up, bring people down, and you're kind of going through. And right. that's and that's that's how we're writing the new material because we want we don't want to play the same set over and over again, but we still want to have that edge and also keep it entertaining for us because, you know, in in my opinion, when the band stops writing material, they they're they're kind of finished, you know. I like that you guys are, as you said, I think if I understood correctly, kind of taking the time to not write the previous record, right? Because yeah. a lot of bands will fall into a wheelhouse, and I know it's your wheelhouse; you have to stay somewhat similar. But a lot of bands will use some of the stuff from the last record or it sounds the same 
I think what you said earlier, if I'm understanding it correctly, you guys really specifically try and differentiate from record to record while yeah. still being horrenda. Absolutely, yeah. That like it, it's it's very much kind of like we'll change up the logo a little bit, we'll change up the the vibe, we'll change up the set, we'll try the samples because it, it's a it's a different thing. It's like we want people to come to their horrenda shows. Obviously, we want people to buy the merch, but then give them a new experience. Whereas like it's still horrenda, but it's a it's it's an evolution you know it's like we still again it, this band started off as a solo project with me doing the true cult black metal thing we've done that and now we're progressing more to something that's a, a lot more like a, a collaborative experience of all of us coming together and that's what the next uh or all the material we have coming out really represents yeah it's kind of gone from like this you know one man band solo cult project to suddenly we're a three guitar band with two prog heads in it so Actually, more prog heads if you can count Keith. And it's so it, naturally it's going to evolve and it's going to sound a lot different compared to two. Like, you'd never compare those two bands that much. Right. They're two separate bands. So, in a live set, then are you including some of that old black cult metal stuff or is that oh, oh, yeah. just the past? No, no. I mean, like, um, like the, the newer stuff is all in Drop D. Um, and then we kind of we, we jump back. But the way our set goes, Obviously, Drop D is a little bit heavier than, than standard, so it gives you more of that kind of like chug, and you can also play a little bit faster or whatever. It could, it, for some reason, Drop D just works in a live setting a lot more than than standard, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and then, but by the end of the set, that's when we'll work in some of the more, we'll tune up the standard, and you'll get your traditional black metal songs there. And we still have like uh, Handprints replaced uh, one of the other songs we had, but Slua has still been there pretty much from day one, and that's about as black metal as it gets. So what does a horrendous crowd look like then? Because I'm, you guys are so all over the spectrum as far as subgenres. Is it all? I'd I say it's probably a bit, bit of a mix between. Yeah, you'll get your kind of traditional kind of cultish black metal fans, but you will get those kind of experimental more types. Like I think we kind of have you no know, shown. We're a little bit more experimental, left of center than a lot of other metal bands. Mm. I think that people are slowly picking up on that. But you'll also and... get this really you'll, sorry, CJ. I get this really cool thing that I love, and I have to say, it, right? I, obviously, you'll see the black metal guys there. You'll see some coarse paint people. You, you you know you, you'll see your traditional metalheads, but then you'll see people who are like you wouldn't expect to be into metal, or who obviously don't like that kind of heavy music, and then they'll stick around and stay. And they'll buy a t-shirt or something and come up and go, I don't like black metal, but I love horrenda. And for me, I love that because I'm like, we are doing something the right way. So yeah, right. the horrenda crowd is weird, but like, it's brilliant. It's it's a really receptive crowd. You know, like we're getting to the point where some people know to notice, like cheer for the samples, cheer for like the guitar chord. And that's right. weird that they do that, right? Uh, so the crowd that we have, um, they know horrenda and that's amazing. So like, we're very lucky that we have you know, that, that like wide array of people who come to the shows. But, uh, you know, it, all I know is we're doing the right way. We see more horrendous shirts. We see more people who don't look like they're into black metal, enjoying right. black metal. And that's what we're trying to do. Sweet. Um, shoot, I just lost. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. So let me go back to writing one more time. When you guys are like sitting down, let's start writing the record, however we do it. You're very theatrical as well. So how much of what you're doing are you thinking about the theatrics as you're going along? 
I wouldn't say we write sort of thinking about theatrics because we don't really choreograph ourselves on stage. Like we're not saying, oh, during this song, you're going to do that or you're going to do that. Usually it kind of just happens a bit naturally. And after we've written a song, then we'll figure out, okay, no, we're not going to figure it out. We're just going to play the songs and we feel like doing something weird. We're just going to do it. Yeah. I mean, we we don't work that in at all. Like the one thing that you have to... You have to be careful with theatrics, in my opinion, right? Uh, it needs to embellish. It need, but what's already there? It can't be the whole core of it because you know there there is that kind of pension sometimes to lean too heavy into it, and the songs kind of suck. But we're kind of like, no, the songs need to be good, the material needs to be great, and then we'll build a show around that. So even though, yeah, we'll we'll do the paint, we'll do the whole candles, we we'll do the we'll do all the the, the theatrics of a show. But at the end of it, the songs kick ass, and that's what what's important to us. All right. So the record came out a couple weeks ago, well, almost a month ago now, I guess. Um, what are your plans to uh, support it? You guys playing live? We're, we, well, um, almost as soon as Handprints came out, we kind of went straight over to the UK to do uh, a couple shows. Did uh, Bristol and Cardiff, the Eradication Festival in Cardiff, and supporting our good friends, The Crawling in Bristol. At the minute, we're taking a small break over the holiday season and then we have a bunch more songs already recorded and we're just trying to figure out how to release that in 24 and what we're hoping to do is just do a bunch of headline shows around ireland and try and hit the uk a lot harder next year 2023 we had to slow it down a little bit because the lineup changes and whatnot Mm -hmm. but 24 our main target is hit the uk as hard as possible often as possible because that's really the mo- the market that's the most has most potential for us gotcha and so that's going to bring me to the end of my questions did i miss anything you want to cover anything you want to cover uh mainly we want everyone to check out handprint it's one of the most chaotic live videos you are gonna see <laughs> it's Simple as that, we're not doing crazy props or acting or whatnot. It's just six lads who love music, who love aggression, aggressive music, just going nuts on stage. You're going to see Aaron chug a pint mid-song, stand on top of the bar. You're going to see me whipping my guitar with a belt, just hanging off the rafters. It's the most insane blackmail you're going to see. Check out that first. Fair enough. Yeah. And if fans want to find you, how do they find you online? Best way to find us is to go to horrendofficial.com. Um, and that's our website. All the links are there. We're on social media, um, our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff as well. Our Spotify is, is updated as well. So, And our Bandcamp, obviously, if you go to Horrenda on Bandcamp, that, that's huge. That's, uh, that's the best way to support us financially as far as buy a t-shirt. And look, if you guys are listening and you want Horrenda to come, contact your booker. Get them, tell, get them to, to get Horrenda over and we'll be there. Right on, my friends. I appreciate you taking the time. I hope that wasn't too bad. No, man, it's great. Thank you. Thank you, my friends. I appreciate your time. Cheers, man. Anytime. Yeah, cheers, Bruce. Hey, happy holidays. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right, be well. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. 
Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along dancing like an idiot and listen to axe grind podcast <laughs>